welcome to Magic the Flavoring, the Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk about all things magic, flavor design, and lore. I'm your host, Andy Mann. And today, I'm going to have on the show with me Matt from Total MTG, talking about his uh, favorite flavor and the kind of style of which he plays. We'll get to that. Um, I just wanted to take a moment beforehand, before we move into Streets of New Capanna, which is the new set coming up, and I think actually today, is it today? I'm recording this little intro bit on the 28th. I think the story articles are about to drop for Nukapana, which is incredible. Firstly, uh, it's wonderful that they're, they're doing the story articles before the main set release still. Or at least that's what it seems like. Uh, obviously, they did this, they did this for uh, Kamigawa. And yeah, absolute barnstorm of a decision. Well done again for keeping it going. Um, but I just wanted to hang around in Kamigawa just for just a little bit longer. Because I feel there's maybe an unsung contingent of... Uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty that hasn't really been highlighted. I just wanted to talk just for a few minutes about it today. And that's the basic lands. And I'm not talking about the super fancy, beautiful-looking Japanese art-style full art lands that we got, which, I mean, are visually stunning. I love them. I'm going to be picking up any amount of them that I can find. No, I'm going to be talking about the humble, basic, basic lands. Because I feel with each new set that's coming out, and each new uh, sort of cycle of full lands, we know we're going to get full art lands again for New Capanna and all these different art styles that they're trying to evoke in all the new sets. Some people are decrying the the sort of reduced specialness of the full art lands, and I can understand that logic. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm I, I don't see it, and I'm not even necessarily saying that I don't agree. But I'm also happy that they are bringing new art styles into the game. But with all these new full art lands, I I kind of feel like the basics are getting uh, underrepresented and. Neon Dynasty had some of the most beautiful basic lands I think we've had for a long time. And I say that almost every set, because I kind of feel like from... Uh, I almost said Lorwyn then. almost And then I almost said Strixhaven. What am I thinking of? Eldraine! Throne of Eldraine! I kind of feel like the basic land game has been upped and upped and upped. And especially the physical cards, the foiling that I've seen from Eldraine has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I just wanted to talk about these these lands. because So there are two... Uh, of each one, so there's two forests, two swamps, two plains, two mountains, two islands. Uh, I didn't do that in Wubog order, that felt really wrong. Um, one half of the the lands have been taken by artist Peter Dura, and the other half by Adam Kett. And the reason they've got two of each is because they're showing the the kind of ebb and flow of Kamigawa as a, a character, as, as how we know it. So we know, obviously, that the Kami and the spiritual side has had a massive influence on the plains since... Uh, OG Kamigawa, and indeed is a huge part of the story and the narrative of the plane as we see it today. But also the technology and the cyberpunk stuff is where they've really tried to push this theme uh, in everything that they've done. And what I love about these two land cycles is that you have one half, so you have a, one of each basic, showing the more uh, naturalistic, Kami-led, I'm going to say, side of the plane, with you know lush, lush foliage and like the natural order of things still being sort of very present, and then the other half of the land. So that was the Peter Jura cycle, and then the Adam Paquette cycle of the basics shows the more technologically advanced, built-up areas of Kamigawa, like the city centers and the uh, Moon Folk sort of strongholds and the the built-up areas. And I just I kind of feel like basic lands as a as a visual mechanic, if you like, are really the backbone of any given set. They really set the scenery because they are the the literal battlefield, the literal land 
that you put everything else on. Something I want to highlight as well in the artworks for these is that they've obviously tried to go for, you know, both sides of the coin, but a really strong decision by the artistic uh, creative team, the artistic direction team, is to have both halves of this basic land cycle still have uh, sort of themes of the other. So, for example, in the Kami-led cycle, you still have the neon lit pathways through the forest on the forest card or the uh, neon bridge going over the river in the island and although the kami is still there it's almost like the the technology of uh, modern kamigawa is enhancing the natural landscape in these particular uh, lands and then on the flip side on the more built-up advocate lands you still have the nature aspects poking through in the city so if you, for example in the forest uh you uh adam Paquette forest you have all the pipes and all the sort of signs of industry and glowing lights and then the central of this very reverently placed is a tree that's still growing really nice and prominently in the plains you still have rock formations amongst the giant sort of reservoir pools is the reservoir pools hmm, i don't know what are they big landing pads Ooh. I don't know. But you still have the rocks poking through the the more built-up areas. And in the swamp as well, you have this incredible... I mean, the, I think the, the swamps are my favourite, actually, from both of them. But in the Adam Paquette swamp, you have the sort of super glossy high street sort of Tokyo neo-city landscape, but with cherry blossoms still being a, a prominent and almost enhancing aspect of that artwork. And it reminds me a lot of the Eldraine lands, because in the Eldraine lands, you had uh, four on each cycle... Which, when did we stop getting that? I think it was around Kaldheim we stopped getting multiple lands per basic. Because they had the snow, didn't they? So they had two snow lands per basic and then a, a regular basic. Interesting. Okay, we've definitely reduced the amount of artwork put on there as well, which is something of a shame. Um, but in Eldrain, you had four of each cycle and you had two of each showing the realms and the wilds, but also in much subtler ways, I feel. So, for example, in a lot of the realm cards, it was still, like, you know, the mountain is a mountainous area, the plains are plains and fields, but you would have, say, a banner or an insignia of whatever uh, kingdom was represented in that realm card. And then in the wilds cards, again, it was almost like it was part of the same world, but instead of those insignias, you had uh, the sort of glowing orbs the kind of uh, magical fireflies, if you like, that represented the wilds, which was never really made too much of in the actual narrative of the story, but was definitely a, a visual thematic that they tried to impart. So I just wanted to just take a moment and give credence to these lands. Because also in, in deck building, like people know if they've been listening to the show, or they've seen uh, me and Nathan on Twitter, they know that we're big basic land people. And indeed we try to theme a lot of our basic lands to our EDH decks, as many people do. And whereas before I used to always try and go for, like, well, I want to go for the feel of the land for my commander as opposed to necessarily just doing the plane. I actually feel like I'm rolling back on that. And I do feel like matching your commander, if you can, to the plane which they come from and then picking the lands from that plane that you think best match your commander's setting just ties a whole deck together when you're playing. And that's not just limited to EDH, especially if you're playing something like um, Limited or uh, Standard. You can absolutely do that, and indeed it's very fun to do it, because it gives your deck a different look every single time a rotation comes around. So yeah, Unsung Heroes of Neon Dynasty, I think the basic lands, really, really love the fact that they gave one artist like a whole cycle, if you like, of each basic one, and I hope that that's how they continue to do it in the future. Anyway, enough about basic lands. Here's my chat with Matt. (laughs) 
today we've got a very special guest on the show. We have Matt from Total MTG. You're right, Total. How's it going, yeah, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. How are you, Andy? You right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. It's a beautiful day here in London. You're not in London, are you? You're a no. I'm, I'm over near um, Toaster Way, so out in the country. Yeah, um, right. I was out at like half seven this morning, actually walking around the fields. And <laughs> I know we went for me and the wife went for a long walk. Did about five k this morning. No, that's not a regular thing. Don't worry about that. We that just... sounds horrific. <laughs> it was like, well, I'm on. A, I'm trying to get a bit healthy, so it's like smoothies and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Since we moved here, it's such beautiful countryside. We just go for walks, um, stuff like oh, that. Oh man, no, I'm I'm a city boy through and through. I think the only reason I'd walk five k is to go to a coffee shop. I think that's why. I'd do. <laughs> yeah. Well, usually, yeah, be me for a McDonald's. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, nah, now now I'm seeing you know cows in fields that way instead. So. I mean, you know, whatever. Like it sounds sounds good. How did the um we had Storm Eunice and then Storm Franklin? Was it like we got hit yeah. double hit? So, yeah, that was quite scary because obviously we just purchased the house, we just moved. And then just kept hearing tiles on top of the roof and stuff like that. And um, no, we survived. Everything was all right here. You know, thank God. I know a lot of people around here lost lost fences and stuff like that. Mm. And I think the worst I got was the bin blew over. So, um, <laughs> well, we, we had a <laughs> we had a neighbor's tree crash into our back garden. Oh, but you know, like it's it is what it is. Like there was actually yeah. very minimal damage done. But we were like, huh, okay, cool. That's yeah. like we don't really get storms in like. The landmass of the UK. It's only like no. really on the coast. So yeah, that was uh, that was pretty big deal, really. Yeah, I mean, I went out for a, you know I had to pop to the shops a couple of times to get a few supplies and stuff like that. And literally, even and I'm a big lad, you know what I mean? I was like nearly Mary Poppins. I was like, flying <laughs> in the air. It's like I never thought, you know, I got to the shop in like less time. I think because the wind was literally just blowing me. There. So <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a scary time. But yeah, we got all through it, didn't we? So. Yeah. I, I was out buying a Kamigawa product because it was literally on release day when uh, when I went out. And I was like, I'm going to my shop. I'm getting my bundle. I don't care. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, this was a mistake. As soon as I left yeah. the house, I was like, no magic product is worth this. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I actually went to the first time going to a new LGS on the Saturday. Um, so I met up with um, uh, Patreon, first time meeting up with them. And, they're, you know, they're you know, friends as well. It's really weird, like Patreon turning to friends. And, and um, yeah, I met up with um, Kitchen Table Games and... Uh, their dad and the brother, and we played Commander like oh, nice. all day. <laughs> it was so good. And then in the evening, I was on the Commander stream as well. So it was literally Commander Day. It really yeah, was for sure. First time in paper I've played probably for uh, not paper. Well, I played Spell Table, but in person before mm. even the um, lockdown happened. So I didn't really have a decent LGS before that. So talking four years, probably four wow. years. Wow, that's I a know, big time, long time, mate. And um. Yeah, I was so buzzed up, I couldn't sleep the next night. Was, you know when you're just like, you had such a good day, and mm. you're like, I played so much Commander, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was up for like the whole night. <laughs> yeah, I need to make an effort, man. Like, I think, so we had like, we had like three lockdowns in the UK. We had the big one with the big six-month one, like back right. in like 2020, and then we had those two like uh, lockdowns, which were about maybe like two months apiece, didn't we? And mm. there were little gaps in between. So yeah. I think the last time I played in-person paper was at Rule Zero in London, which I talk about a lot of the time, which is like my sort of LGS. It's like one of yeah. the UK's like really nice Gucci ones. Um, and yeah, I played. It was me, Nathan, uh, Tim Willoughby, and uh, I think another one of the shop guys. And that was in the third lockdown. And I think that was the first time I played Paper Magic in person for like about a year before that as well. But I've, yeah. so I've only had one in the past two or three years. And um, they have opened up Sundays. I can't go on the other day during the week, but I just mm. I work uh, Wednesday to Saturday. 
Right. My Saturdays are 13 to 14 hour shifts doing oh. live events. So yeah. on Sunday, I'm like, do I, can I even shuffle a deck? Can I even physically pick one <laughs> like up? Get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> like we're recording this at 11 a.m. I, I, I woke up about half an hour ago. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this giant like vat of coffee in front of me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah cool. Well, I mean, we're here to talk about like, well, like magic and, and you, like you were one yeah. of the first creators. Like I, I might've told you this, I don't want to embarrass you, but when mm-hmm. we first started up as a podcast, you were one of the first creators that we kind of like bumped into in the sort of creator sphere. And yeah. you've given us as a podcast so much support and like you know having us on your streams or giving us advice on things like when we did like little youtube videos or just how to navigate this sort of space that i can't believe that we've never spoken to you more like in a larger sphere and obviously yeah yeah like nathan's not here right now because he's off in his travels so it's a shame that he didn't get to talk to you but yeah it's quite incredible and what's even more incredible i was thinking about this this morning is that we don't do any of the same content creation like no, not, not at all. Not <laughs> in function or form or anything. The only thing that binds us together is this game and the format of Commander, which we both love. Obviously, you play like many different formats. Like I, yeah. I kind of stick to Commander and um and Draft and Bit Limited. Yeah. Um, and I just I had to get you on. Much like I, this episode will be out after uh, my episode with Adam the Gathering. So if you've listened to that, you'll know. Like I spoke to him about very similar things, where it was yeah. like, you know. I want to know from people who don't have exactly the same like approach to my game, like what their flavor and law loves in yeah. this game are, because yeah. it's it's magic. Like you have to have something. So like, what's well, how the, do you engage with this game, man? Well, that's the thing. So you know, I've been probably doing uh, magic content. I reckon for about seven years now, six or seven years, it's going on, and still, I like live and breathe. I go to bed. I think of decks. I think of this. <laughs> I'm constantly building decks. You know, I've got 34 commander decks without my pre-cons. Wow. Um, I play a deck. I see a new commander. I want to build it. I start building again and stuff like that. But, you know, magic for me is 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 more of an escape to, you know, it started off as a hobby. Mm. Then it started off as like... Um, I had some, I wouldn't say hobbies. I had some interests that weren't the best of interests, mm. and magic sort of pulled me in, and then it sort of got me on a, on a, on a steady track. Yeah, um, which is you know, which is what good. And then, like you say, you start to meet people. It's a great way to meet everyone, and like like I met yourselves, um, and it's lovely to hear that you know what you said like helping out and stuff like that yeah that's, yeah for that's sure. a part of thing which you know which i like doing that this that's what i really you know i get a few people say that and it's it's still quite humbling to hear stuff like that um because i'm not the biggest i'm not the best you know i've got you know my channel's a fair size but it's it's not like Talarian size. <laughs> well, no, but I, I sort of feel like uh, I was. I, I've said this to other UK creators as well, and we've chatted. It's it's a funny old mm. thing, UK content creation, because yeah. everyone like you have you have your pleasant Kenobis and you have your Spice Eight racks. Yeah, and obviously they're big, and you know, obviously like Spice Eight is just yeah, they're not doing. Up anything that anyone else yeah. is doing so it's like yeah. awesome and obviously like pleasant kenobi just hit that right sort of you know tone and like yeah but they they've both kind of looked sort of you know across the pond at, at the u.s creators and have kind of mm. teamed up with them like i know you obviously you you and zuby yeah. for example like yeah I've zuby. Done, yeah i've done a lot of cross content but um yeah. yeah like you say they you know like kenobi teamed up with um the professor which is yeah which was a massive big thing and it was only ever going to just grow 
grow the channel. Mm. Um, obviously, and he does a, a very different niche, same as Spice Eight Rat. Their niche, yeah, they so have their own different. voice, which is yeah, really cool. their niche in a niche. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, like Spice Eight Rack is just like completely different, and you know, he could he can he could easily get away with one video a month because it's it's just so yeah. so amazingly uh, him, you know. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really thing. good. If I did yeah. one video a month, I'd lose subscribers <laughs> and views. But I, I I sort of it's feel like content. The, yeah. The UK the UK scene is growing, and it's also growing in all different things. Like it's growing with commander yeah. content, it's growing with Twitch content and arena content, it's growing with mm. lore content. Like you know, and people being interested in in sort of like the non gameplay aspects of this game. Like I I often say with Nathan, it's like we sometimes forget this is a card game. The way that we talk about it, like we talk about it like yeah. it's no, like lore and history. You know, yeah, that's it's what crazy. I mean. It, it, it's got so many different factions for so many different people. You don't have to be. You know, just liking to go and play the cards. Mm. There's so many different things. You can like the art. You can like you say, like the stories. Um, you can just collect them just for just for collecting mm. reasons. You know, you can just collect and have a, have a collection, have a passion for. You know, there's so many different arts. Um, some good thing. You know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing for my wallet and probably a lot of other people's because you see something <laughs> with amazing art. You're like, oh, I need to buy that type of pack. I need this type of pack. Yeah, um, yeah. which is which is good and bad, but. Um, you know, I still, even all these years on, like if I open like a collector booster, I know they're not for everyone. And, but I, I, you know, I still get excited about looking at those foils and looking at the art on them and looking at everything like that. And if it's a blue card, it's even better. Um, <laughs> if it's a red card it might go over my shoulder well but, that's that's uh, <laughs> one of the big reasons man that i wanted to talk to you today it's even in your like twitter bio i think what is it i, I got it up earlier today it's yeah. uh the uk's premier uk's yeah. resident blue mage is what you yeah. put in your twitter handle yeah. yeah so i've been trying to like nail down with a lot of different people who i'm chatting to like what they think in their perception their kind of you know flavor identity is like mm. for for magic the gathering like for nathan he just wants to steal everyone's stuff if a commander yeah. is like a thief or like a mind mage or something that's like his jam yeah, completely. Yeah. i'm this i'm a black mage through and through and i love life gain stuff and we can talk about that later but yeah. you are the blue mage like yeah everyone knows me as that it's just yeah blue. which is is kind of wild because out of all the colors to be known for why would you ever want to be known for being a blue mage? They're scum, aren't the they? Is that not a thing? I mean, it, it can bring a bit of hate. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, um, I've gotten a few um, Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't say arguments, but um, no, really um, on Twitter, really? yeah, about yeah, Twitter. arbitrary nonsense. <laughs> the old, um, you know, I actually think it rivals Reddit now. To be honest, Twitter, Magic Twitter, um, personally. <laughs> um, but blue, as always, now. So when I first started playing, um, going out, my first spot was like uh, M13 Return to Ravnica. So Return to Ravnica was my first booster. Oh, same. Um, nice one. So yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So the first um, Planeswalker open was Jace Architect of the Thought. Mm. And I loved it. Always have done. Jace just, you know, Jace was my favorite from then. So blue was always that. But blue is a is a color that, I don't know. People just like to shit on. They like to hate. They like to hate on blue. Yeah. If there's a card to be banned, it's gonna be blue. You yeah. Know, blue seems you know. I I, think, I do think blue gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes. Mm. You know. There's a, there's a. I can never understand like a, a hatred towards. I mean, I don't like playing red. You know. <laughs> um, but funny enough, even I'm a blue mage. I've got mono red in in paper form. I've got mono red in modern. 
mono red in legacy and mono red in pauper mm. and that might just be a cost thing as well just because you literally can change about four cards and have it in all formats <laughs> so um but no blue to me is the way i like to play magic you know it's it's not everyone's cup of tea and it can be frustrating you know you look at my favorite cards from return to Ravity, like jace architecture thought mm. uh cyclonic rift mm. um it's just a very much talked about card um but I've always liked the aspect of controlling a board state and trying to win that way. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, t- do using. You know, I'm not going to um, say other ways are bad or better or worse or anything like that. But I've never been like, oh, creature swingy swingy tap down. I've never been that type of player. It's never, sure. it never really. I've got decks like it, um, but it's never. It was never what appealed to me at the start. Um, if you put six creatures on the board, I want to remove them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and then I want to put my big creature on. Mm. and then just keep hitting you with one and protect it. <laughs> well, I, I think... So I think, obviously, like, I come out the gate saying, like, why do you want to be a scummy blue player? And, like, it's... it's <laughs> Obviously, we all know, like, my listeners know as well <laughs> that, yeah. like, when me and Nathan... Because Nathan's a blue player out of the two of us. Although I think yeah. over the years, like, we've both leveled out in terms of the colours that we play. But he was always a blue mage out of the two of us. Yeah. And there's always this argument back and forth. But obviously, that's all absolute nonsense and like if anyone does some people do put like actual stock in it but i like to think i like to give the community the benefit of the doubt that even with the ribbing of oh you're a blue player or oh you're a, you're yeah, a red yeah. player you all green green players are like slightly less skillful at the game blue players are like well they say that about mono red don't they, they say mono yeah, red yeah, is yeah. an easy deck to play mono red is not an easy deck to play mm. because You've got. It's all about your time, and it's all about when you do your spells, when you do your burn spells. You know, if you're talking about the modern deck stuff, like it's not. It might seem simple to someone who's been playing Magic for 10, 20 years, mm. but it does take some skill. There's no, there's no color. I think that's easy to play. No, as in, you know, it all takes. What? So you're green. You're just going to put big creatures down and smash. Well, if you're playing against a, uh, someone who's playing maybe Orzov, like white mm. and black, you know they might have Raps. You've got to technically play those cards. Knowing that if you put your cards down and empty your hand, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> well, in, <laughs> in in EDH especially, like my Orzov yeah. deck, my Karlov deck, which gets—I mean, every time I slap it down with anyone who's ever played it before, it gets hated out instantly, mm. and quite rightly so. Like I have black and white counter spells in there, like Lapse of Certainty and Imp's Mischief, as well yeah. as Wraths and Removal. It's yeah. it's really blue. Like it's really yeah. blue. Manative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like we, um, Christian Gregory who we all know because another yeah. massive UK content creator on the CAG nowadays. I think I was I was talking to them about the way that they play Boros uh, not too long ago. And they were saying that, like, yeah, they play Boros like a blue mage. It's yeah. all controlling the board, locking the board down, yeah, moving yeah, yeah. creatures, moving threats, and then piling a bunch of, like, gear onto Aurelia and swinging in for a kill because no one can defend against it. And I think, yeah, yeah. I think what we're learning with the game, especially from, like, to bring it back to, like, this podcast from a flavor point of view mm. is that there may be individual cards which are unbalanced or this that and yeah. the other that may be in colors like you know like yes your sight rips, colors are mixing now aren't they that's that's you know that yeah. i think you know there's certain colors now can do things they shouldn't or not shouldn't they couldn't do in the past yeah do you know what i mean like green is is to me is like blue now for yeah me. for sure you know it can match me on card draw which it never really could do yeah, <laughs> now it can probably surpass me. <laughs> Absolutely, and so like with all these, with all this color balancing and all this kind of slight like tweaking of what colors mean, and the game evolves. I think colors are now much more of a philosophy than anything else. Mm. So if you're a blue mage, it's because you like to think a certain way rather than just like, oh, I just like pact of negation or whatever it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a way you like to play. Do you know what I mean? Blue, each color will have a certain certain way to play. Yeah, if you if you look at like um, blue going back to when I started Return of Ravnica and stuff like that, it, it really was a way of, you know, they say in the law that it's, it was bringing in law, as in mm. law. You know, it, it wanted to balance the table, but it wanted to control it in a way, um, which is why, you know, I always, the color I always mix with would make, would bring in Azorius. Because mm. um, that's, you know, that's the way that I like to play Azorius. The white colors would bring, like, you know, the, the control in state, bringing, like, the peace to the table. Mm. It would, you know, but then blue would do what it wants to do, you know. Yeah, it, for sure. It would stop you from playing this. It would stop you from doing that. Meanwhile, you know, it, it, you know, it was like the Senate's, wasn't it? Because, you know, I, I do read up a, a little bit on it. You know, there was different guilds, different that. And Azorius yeah, yeah. was always my um, go-to guild back then. So. I mean, all all of the blue guilds in Ravnica, if you look at the four blue guilds, if you've got Izzet, Azorius, Dimir, and Simic, right? Mm. So that's what all the other colors mixed in. The one conjoining thing, their blue pip, is information. It's, yeah. you know, the Simic are the scientists, the Izzet's are the experiment, like, the inventors. You've got the Azorius who are the lawmakers and the Dimir who are, like, the spies and information brokers. But what they're yeah. all trying to do is all trying to gain as much, like, knowledge and control over their field yeah. as possible. Yeah, exactly, they're not yeah. chaotic. They're not brash and brazen. Like, I mean, the Izzet maybe a little bit. But, yeah. And, yeah, I think the, the reason Ravnica especially, the reason it brought in so many players in 2013, and the reason it continues to be a fan favourite playing with those 10 guilds is because they so succinctly give that idea of these different colours and the different ways people can play across mm. other colour pairs and things like that. So yeah, yeah I can absolutely I can absolutely see where you're coming from. It was more of them, you, you literally chose your team. It was, it yeah. was like a foot, you know, I, I like football. It was like, which 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 team are you going to go for? And that is what I liked. I was like, well, you know, a lot of my friends, like, um, best mate who got me into Magic, he was he was more of a Simic player back then. Um, and he got me in there. And then um, he said, "You're light blue." I know, you know, but he said that before <laughs> I even played Magic. Do you know what I mean? He was literally. He said, "You will light blue." He said, "I know you're going to be a blue mate straight away," and, and he was right. Um, but even if you, you know, go back to the other plane, you know, original Ravnica when it was like Grand Arbiter. See, that mm. kind of card was just the perfect card. You know, white spells cost <laughs> less, blue spells cost less. I can't, I can't defend you. I can't keep defending this notion if you're going to say things like that, mate. But like... I've never bought, I've never made a Grand Arbiter deck because I play against my friend Zubies and it's the yeah. most disgusting deck in the world. Um, I think the but... last time I played his Arbiter deck, it was on his stream and we could only get us three because he had a bin out. And so it was us two versus his Arbiter deck. And it was just like... <laughs> And he kept apologising, and I was just like, oh, it's fine, mate. Like, thank you for having me on stream, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience, isn't it? That's all oh, it yeah, is. you got to do it. You have to yeah, do it at least once. Because you want to beat it. You want to take it down if you can, and it is just so hard. I mean, his deck is is like my T-shirt. I mean, the viewers won't be able to see it, but it, I've got the Nope T-shirt. Oh, yeah, the Nope T-shirt with the blue pip on the O, I mean, yeah. Because that is literally what, what blue is. It's Nope. That's, you know, you want to play that? Nope. You want to play that? Nope. <laughs> And that is where the hate comes, because people want to play with their cards. That is why blue gets so much hate. Mm-hmm. Forgetting, you know, you could be playing um, like a, like you're a black mage. You could be playing the spell. It might reach the table. Dead. Reach the table. Dead. But they they feel like, I've actually got it on the board. So it's <laughs> well, that's all right. it, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's lasted three seconds, but I've got it on the board. Um um, yeah, yeah it is an interesting one man i think I, so i've i've sort of changed and and uh kind of evolved my thinking about it as i played the game it's actually weirdly enough i was chatting about 
this very concept with my wife Holly this morning because she mm. she plays magic, and she said, "Didn't you? Didn't you and Nathan always used to fall out when you played like one on one because he always used to play like blue and you used to play black?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely," because yeah. I think Nathan. Nathan, when he first started, when I first started playing with him, and it was kitchen table sixty card decks, it was all very counter spelly stuff. So that yeah. was like, okay, fine. And I think I got over that quite quickly because I was like, okay, it's like the blue removal. The thing mm. that really grabs my nuts, to excuse the term, is is when <laughs> uh, he plays steel effects in blue. Now yeah. that is mm. the most because that's on the table. I've got it on the table. I spent my mana. Yeah. I'm about to play with it, and then the dickhead's like, oh no, Scarab Gods. Yeah. Do and then you're gonna get beat by it. Yep. <laughs> you're gonna get hit with it. That you yeah. spent money on <laughs> that's on the table and you're gonna get beat down from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then how is that different? I play my um actress uh Oracle of Half Truths deck. I mean it I mean that deck, to be honest with you, is very unfocused, does a bunch of stuff, but in mm. terms of its creatures, its creature base is lots of clones. Yeah. That's not much different. No. It's you get to get your thing, but then I also get a grand arbiter. Do you know? It's a, <laughs> you know? It's a, it's a thought process of how people think. Do you know like um, extra turns, a blue mm-hmm. card. Extra turns. People get angry about extra turns. They mm-hmm. hate it. They want to do that. But Boris can take multiple combats, mm. and it's it's never spoke about. Mm. But they will kill you with three extra combats. I've mm. lost to like Aurelia or something like that, where it's hit me three times and I've been done. It's hit me twice and I've been done on commander damage. I play a Ruhan deck. I yeah. smash someone out in a, with an extra turn, yeah. uh, with an extra combat step spell the other day. Yeah. I, I've played an extra turn and sometimes just managed to put another creature on the board. <laughs> well, I think that's it. It's all the mentality of us. And especially, yeah. like, so obviously one on one is a very different kettle of fish, like in yeah. terms of 1v1 magic. I'm playing multiplayer magic. I know this is this is a little bit like the rule zero conversation, which I mean, I never like talking about rule zero because it means different things to different people anyway, which is fine. Yeah. But this is a similar sort of sphere where you can wave a lot of things away with, well, you know, it's how you play it, but it is very true. Yeah. Cyclonic Rift is an egregious card. It's yeah. completely nuts. It's broken. It's busted. But if you're playing it at the time where the board needs it or you're playing it to end the game, then yeah. it's no different to an extra turn spell. Like again, Kristen, I don't want to keep invoking Kristen, but Kristen runs some land destruction in some of yeah. her decks because she goes, I play it when I want to end the game and I don't want anyone to counter my stuff. So I'll play yeah. the land destruction, boom, I'll kill you with yeah, my radio. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, cool, wicked, fine, yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. It's mentality. And that's that's a big part of like leaning into things like the flavor of it or the function of something is that you want to play it in the way that it's meant to be played, not just the most powerful spells again and again and again, like a legacy deck no, or no. vintage deck or something. I, yeah. It's the funny thing, CC. Obviously, being Blue Major, I am a control player, mm. but I don't feel, I very rarely feel like I can play controlling Commander mm. because it's the thought of people just don't like playing it against mm. it. So I always feel like I can't actually express a lot of my decks. I can't actually do what I want to do, you know. Mm. Which is why I build multiple decks for different powers, different this, different that. But you know, if I could play my type of deck every time, it would be a a, a control deck, you know. Because at the end of the day, I look at it sometimes as you're using it. You know, I might just do counter spell, but it might benefit all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not always just oh, the blue mage wants to stop you playing what you want to play. It's like. Mm. Hold on a minute. Do you want this to come in? Do you want the great henge to come down and all of a sudden the green player's getting untold value, gaining life and all that? Or do you want me just to use my counter spell? <laughs> do you, know what I mean? you need yeah. all different colours in magic and you need all different um on a, especially if we're talking about, you know, the commander as a base, you need you need the variety because 
Otherwise, everyone will just play the same stuff, the same powerful spells, and it, it, then it gets boring. It's like you say, mm. you've got to use stuff as as you want to play. And for me, I want to play, you know, I'd love to build Grand Arbiter, but who would play against me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Blue does other things as well, though. Like, how, what are the other That's facets cool. of Blue? If you have things like Artifice or Clones or like uh, like Polymorph-like decks, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you get lots of, like, transforming stuff. Does that appeal but to you But my favourite deck way? is Tachyova, so it's Simic. So I'm moving right, really into Simic. You know, I've got a Tachyova deck that is all about drawing cards, Drawing cards, drawing cards. My favorite thing in Magic is drawing cards. That's mm. what I love to do. That's what, you know, I'm a blue major. Now I can do it in green just as well. Yeah. Um, but then I've got a Tachyova deck with lesser power that is sea monsters. So it's all blue sea monsters. There's no mana dorks. Every creature is a kraken, a whale, um, a crab, anything to do with sea. So, you know, for me, blue, I and personally, I love water, which always mm. put me to blue as well. Um, the conflagration between that and you know is another reason why I played blue at an early early you know in my magic career as well. Sure, and um, I love that. And I just thought I've never had a sea creatures deck, and I always lo- I love Tatchover, but I can't always play my I call my proper Tatchover deck. Sure, <laughs> because it's it's too powerful, you know. So I want um another deck. I've seen a lot of people do. They pick their commander. They might build five or six decks around that one commander because they love the commander. They love the colors. They love the guild of it. And for me, that's that. You know, I could build 10 mono blue decks, but there's only, mm. you know, I, there's there's different ways. Like you say, you can take a mono blue deck. You could do, you can actually do group hub. You can actually do um, draw spells, sea creatures, anything like that. But, you know, adding the green in just makes the deck a lot more, you know, a lot more viable and a lot more steady i'd say <laughs> a lot more yeah yeah, yeah. smooth things out you know it's hard being mono blue unless you're unless you're playing cycle you know to stay alive on a four-player table unless you're just recurring your cyclonic rift mm. or something like that it's um it, it's pretty hard to stay alive because you just get done by smash smash creatures you know? i think yeah <laughs> out of all of the mono colors it is a weird one i've often like looked at looking at mono color decks and then you just you do find that sometimes the mono blue strategies are just they're either so far ahead of like what anyone else is good like you have your memnarchs or your urza like master and it's just yeah. like okay, <laughs> this is just going to be like broken wide open, and not just yeah. not just because of the the mechanics on the commander itself, but because any of the things that you're trying to do, like draw, sp- like the things at your disposal, is going to be all counter spells and draw spells, yeah. and then like stuff to do with your own strategy. So it's mm. it's going to be a very intense deck. Whereas I find yeah. all the other four colors because they in their own sort of mono identities have a lot of different things going on you can kind of have a more varied like black decks you can do a hundred different kind of like mono black yeah. decks and red's getting a lot of different stuff going on now obviously green's got like you could do elf tribal like all day or you could do you know like yeah. ramp and all this kind of stuff so yeah but I see, think like blue... red has but like burn it has now it has in new standard mono red artifacts mm. it has different ways to do it like blue can do that but not not as well mono black is always strong. Like the last time mono blue for me was good was when we had Master of Waves and cards like that. There was a mono blue deck there with Thassa, and uh, it was all about scrying. It was all about getting your devotion up and everything like that. And then just it, it was oh, that was my favorite deck to play by, <laughs> by far. I, that was I just loved it. But then the competition there was mono black. Like the big sure. competition at that time was mono black versus mono blue. And um, yeah, they were they were good times. They were good yeah. times in Stanford. I mean, your your most recent commander deck that I've seen. So at the time of recording, we're we're uh, in Kamigawa territory, Neon Dynasty. You mm. just built an Ishin deck, right? Yeah, which is yeah. Mardu. 
Mardu colors. That's what I mean. I mean, I will play any colors. Like everyone expects me to bring the blue deck to mm. the table, um, but I have to change things up because I just love, you know, like Ishim for me is just a is is a very fun commander. You know, triggers everything like that. Um, and say like I played it yesterday, and I, I mixed it in with extra combats. So with the Boros element, you can really get some like extra combats in there. And um, yeah, I sort of built it with a. Uh, 30 creatures it played all right it, it got a second place yesterday um got beat by what was uh oars of one naomi naomi oh from uh yeah the new like the uh, uncommon uh legendary right from yeah from yeah, yeah so yeah. i got beat by that and i've just seen my weakness in my deck is flies straight away so um <laughs> it I'm always like, is yeah every, every one of my decks is weak to flies i think yeah. i used to have um a brooder clad deck which is all thopters that would then turn into like say like 50 worm coil engines or something that was yeah. the only deck i think i've ever built which has not been weak to flies but every single yeah. like just over the top just hit me with a flyer i'm dead instantly <laughs> yeah yeah it was really it was you know i was in such a strong position and um i played like the the friendly way not the blue mage way and <laughs> <laughs> i mean is it friendly like so i'm so i'm a black mage right so that's i mean yeah. I've Ishin always, is I'm not friendly Ishin yeah. is you'll be able to build that mean yeah like yeah. I, I think it is. I think black's one of the most mean ones because it's it's not upfront at all. Like no. I, I sit back. So many of my decks, like Belb, Atris, Karlov, all these like black prominent with a side color. Really, yeah. all they do is they sit back. They'll put a little pinger on the battlefield, and like by turn ten, you're like, why have we all lost thirty yeah. life across this game? And Andy's <laughs> yeah. done nothing, and I'm sat there going, ha, 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 ha. you know, it's <laughs> it's the most insidious thing. But people don't see it because black's whole thing is about doing things kind of slightly alternative a little bit sort of unseen a little bit swervy you know like oh yeah i'll yeah, pay yeah. 30 life to draw oh it's only i'm only drawing 30 cards with like necropotence and like yeah but you're drawing 30 cards like yeah you know, yeah, yeah, yeah do you yeah. know what i mean so i i completely i love the fact that blue players and green in um, commander as well tend to get hated on quite a bit or like get the attention because it means that us like black mages and us red mages kind of just sort of sit in the background yeah. and just kind of do oh, our thing. I can have nothing board state and I'll still be the first one attached with Tatch over. Yeah. And it's like, all I want to do is draw cards. And it's like, yeah. very rarely. And they go, yeah, yeah, but then you're dropping Eldrazi. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but are they wrong? Like, turn, are they turn, wrong? Turn, turn, well, it's whether you choose to drop it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I can play at turn four <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm going <laughs> to. I mean, I get, I, again, I play a Belb deck in Golgari yeah. and I'm turn twoing like Wormcoil engines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, so. I played a Rakdos deck the other day and I was being ganged up on because I was playing Strefan. So Strefan is ah. a very good one. And um, I had a Blood Artist on the field mm. and I had another Drainer as well that did exactly the same thing. I can't remember what it is by, by the life of me, but it had exactly the same effect. And of course, there was an Orzov player, um, Demir player, but none of them could wrath the board because if they wrath the board, they all died. Mm-hmm. So literally, there was no way other than exile to win it was just there was just no way it's just like <laughs> unless we can single spot remove all the blood out of that said we just die every time because i kept like like the black like black does bringing in the creature yeah sacking it to draw sacking it to do this sacking it to do that it's just like oh, oh here we go four to you four to you four to you. And i was like <laughs> this is a this is like a you know this is like a controlling blue way to play this is what appealed to me mm-hmm. about the deck is that I'm controlling the board 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the creatures are staying on the field when I want them to stay on, and they're leaving when I want to play. So it did appeal to me as a blue mage to like go and play this type of Rakdos deck because mm. you like you say you, your feet. It just depends your your philosophy and the way you want to play. And me as a as a, my type of is playing that way is controlling the board state and that kind of deck in Rakdos really does when you've got sack effects and drain. Oh, it is lethal and it's really hard to beat as well. Really hard. So. Uh, there's a there's a there's a couple of articles uh, that Mark Rosewater's written. I mean, obviously Mark Rosewater's written everything about this game a hundred times over because yeah. he has to keep. They have to force him to keep writing articles. He's like, I've already written everything about this game, but he's um he's done two articles specifically on Blue called True Blue and True Blue Revisited. And I think it was yeah. True True Blue was like 2003 and Revisited. Have I got the tab open? I do. Oh, True Blue Revisited. I think it was 2015. So he, right. he kind of came back to it. But in both articles, he's talking about Blue and it's about uh, control and uh, memory, mind, thought, academics, and it's this idea that blue is trying to like, uh, whether it's through you know trickery or illusion or like knowledge, but is always mm. trying to create a perfect system, right? And so the way that you're talking about like wanting to play mm. Rakdos but having things under your control, you want to draw the mm. cards so you have all the information. Your favorite guild from Ravnica is the Azorius, who want to control yeah. with like authority. Like it's just. I, just without even sort of grandstanding about it and just being very honest about all the different ways you want to play, your identity as a player in multiple mm. formats is just so clear. And that's that's really great. That's a really nice yeah. thing to sort of witness. I like the way, well. you know, that's what I mean. I'll, I'll play any colour, but I will play a way I want to play it. Yeah. that Like you say, that is the way I want to do it. You know, I, I will deliberately make my builds the blue way, whether mm. I'm playing Rakdos, whether I'm playing, you know, whatever, Selesnia. Mm. You know, if you if you some of my videos on my channel, um, I do Selesnia land control. You know, as a deck in standard, because mm. it's a blue way of playing Selesnia. You yeah. can control. You can play different ways with with like the, the same thought of of the color you want to play. Yeah, you know, you can if you're a red mage, you can play aggressive. You could play mono blue. You could be mono blue flyers. And it's a red way of playing because you're aggressive. Mm. You're just getting the creatures on the board and swinging, swinging, swinging. Um, the blue element comes in when you just protect them, you know. But it's a very aggressive deck. You know, Azorius Aggro for quite a while in the last couple of years has been has been quite quite a good deck. And it's mm. it's a different way. It's 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 funny. It's a deck that I never played because it's not the way that I want to play. You know, it doesn't it doesn't. I can play, but it doesn't. If I have a choice, I don't choose to play that. Yeah, way, you know, so that's so cool. That's so interesting. I mean, color theory is like there are there are other content creators that have done their entire channels devoted to color theory, and like it's just yeah, it's such a cool way to be. And it's, I think, yeah, whilst I I am a black mage, again, my my two favorite decks to play at the moment, my three favorite decks to play at the moment actually, is Tovalar Werewolves, which because yeah. I just always want to build werewolves, and then the other two are Ruhan of the Fomori, uh, which is the sort of random Voltron commander, and uh, uh, oh my gosh, Zavai Thunderconductor, all right, okay. which is the is it Spellsinger deck. But what yeah. I the way that I like to play is I like doing um, sort of affect all players at once, or the chance to affect all players at yeah, once. Yeah. Attitudes of playing. So Zavai, obviously, if you hit the ten um, mana value spell, will deal ten damage at random to someone. But then I'll get value off the top of that. Ruhan, yeah. you like load him up with like weaponry, and then he'll hit another player randomly. But everyone's involved on the table. My actress yeah, yeah. deck is you're making deals with everyone or everyone gets a vote in something that happens. So if it, that's what I like in multiplayer formats, that if 
one thing happens, ev- like it all kind of scatters around the whole table rather than just being on my own board state. Yeah. And yeah. so I think, I don't know what color that is necessarily. I guess it's black because there's a lot of like blood artist effects, but I guess that's quite a black way of playing all those things because it's like, yeah. you, know, you just never quite know who's going to get hit with this thing. Yeah, and exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Is, is Ravnica, I'm going to move a little bit on from color theory and just talk about like yeah. your broader sort of, I guess, like love for the game in terms of its visuals and its and its flavor a little bit because it's again it's not something you you yourself always engage with is is Ravnica your favorite plane because it's the first oh, yeah. one that you went to yeah and and it's just because like um like you said the flavor of some of the cards um what the cards did um I just loved you know it probably is a part of it because it was my first one and it's the mm. first um that sort of guided me through but it did guide me through the way I've played for the whole of my magic you know life so. You know, I didn't just pick, you know, but Jace, like I said, was the first Planeswalker I pulled from a pack. Um, but I already liked Blue already. Mm. It just so happens, it, you know, that was it. And, you know, all Jaces I like, like Jace Belair. I like, I just like all Jaces. I, I yeah. did build a mono blue Jace deck. You know, it was just stupid. But um, cards like Sphinx's Revelation and, you know, when you add the white into it as well, Return to Ravnica for me was very much like an Azorius sort of build at the time for me. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, I basically just loved what the cars did. There was a lot of um, different cars in there, aggressive cars like Ractus of Lord of, uh, was it Ractus Lord of Riots? Was it? Was yeah, it Lord of Riots was the um, Ractus Yeah, which is, there, yeah. you know, there was a lot of big swingy creatures there and it, it was just a really fun sort of build and I think it's been like you say I think it's popular for a lot of people mm. you know and I, I wish we could just return again basically <laughs> we, I wish we've we been could. there three times like <laughs> what do you want I keep staying there you know you know you've got dragons you've got Niv Mizzet you've got everything like that I mean what 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 don't you want do you know what I mean well I mean this I mean this year coming up I think this entire year for the sets that we have are like it's almost like each set is in that same sort of sphere because you've got Kamigawa Neon Dynasty which yeah. if you're looking at the setting is all like a big cityscape and whether you're like into the sci-fi element or not like is, mm. is a different issue but again it's very like modern era like how Ravnica is essentially just a big old, big old city like it's it's Prague isn't it essentially like yeah, that's essentially yeah. what they're trying to do and then you've got Streets of New Capenna which is going to be Chicago meets New York like East Coast like America that's also going to be high fantasy cityscape and then we're going back to Dominaria for two completely different sets and Dominaria is all, is again just the high fantasy like mush everything together which is something that Ravnica kind of pulled from are you excited for this year like is there anything that stand out for you I mean yeah I, I did like Dominaria yeah. As as a as a you know when it came out I did I was quite a fan. Um, I bought I bought a load of product of Dominaria. Yeah, had some I mean, really good, really cards solid in. set. Really yeah, I mean, solid. We had Teferi, didn't we? Was it the five mana Teferi? There were some good cards, mm. and um, I did like the Planeswalker aspect of it. I, mean, I'm, I am a I do like Planeswalkers a lot. So War of the Spark must have been right. Uh, on the street, War of Spark was just absolutely amazing. Um, some of the but. but I don't know the 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 uncommon planeswalkers. I know they only tick down. Mm. They, you know they were quite quite aggressive. They were you know especially like Narset and and cards like that. Where, you know it did sort of bring a. I think that was the most you know. Everyone was so happy when it left standard war right. spark. Um, 
it just had some like baby teferi it just it just had some that's, you know i'm laughing because that's the most blue way to approach the planeswalker design yeah. we've just spoken about how you like things yeah. like, i don't like being aggressive i like sort of sitting back and controlling the board yeah. and that's what planeswalker design is along with sagas yeah. they're a very passive card mm. type and you're getting upset because they made planeswalkers too proactive <laughs> yeah this is the problem that you know it, it just bought it just brought a different atmosphere when you played. People just, I don't know, they just weren't enjoying it. And it, it shows, sure. you know what I mean? And uh, But I do love the sagas. I love these new sagas. They're the, they're the best um, card type I think they've ever done. The saga that turns into a creature, you just can't beat that. It's just yeah. so good. It, and it's a, it's a control player's dream that you can actually just have like three lore effects happen. And you, then you'll get with a creature, you know. One of my favourite ones is that there's an uncommon, I can't remember the name of it, uncommon blue one, that turns into a 3-3 flyer that when you play a spell, opponents can't play a spell of the same manner. I mean, that <laughs> is just... That is just blue, in it? That is, yeah, I mean, yeah. The first law counter is return a creature or artifact to owner's hand. The second is get one back out your graveyard so you get your artifact back. And then it turns into this, and then you just you know chuck off a one mana, two mana, three mana spells. Mono white can't play a spell. It's brilliant. They <laughs> <laughs> can't do anything to your next turn, and you just keep recurring it and recurring, it and you just control that board state. You're just like, no, sorry, you ain't playing any spells. <laughs> your three, you know, your three mana deck. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, I do, I do, I do like those new sagas. This week. Yeah, they're very, very cool. I just think they. That they blend it so well between. I mean, we we talk, we do whole episodes on the on the damn things. Like they blend yeah. the kind of the flavor aspect of the of the narrative of the game, which you could choose not to engage with at all. But then they put it, put it on a card, and like you're engaging with it without even knowing. And also functionally, they're excellent for almost every format they appear in. Like yeah, yeah, just such excellent design. And they've made them help, like you know, like the. Um, the one of the white sergas lets you search for land, mm. which is what white as a color generally struggles with mm-hmm. um not as bad as what people make out it does but i think I they've think, done a good job of balancing it over the past yeah, two years white is a lot better than it was a couple of years ago that's yeah. that's that's a fact and um but you know paying like a i think it's a three mana three mana three mana saga mm. search for planes put in your hand scrying you know what's white scry well that's blue in it <laughs> it is 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 a weird it's such a good card, and then it, it flip into a. I think it flips into a three four that when it attacks or blocks makes a, a one one or something as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, wow, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like they're cool. These sagas are just the coolest things ever. They really are. We're only going to get more of them as well. Like they're they're going to find a way to put them in each sort of set, and they'll keep changing the design. I mean, the last episode, so. This the episode that we're recording now will come out maybe a month after the Sagas episode, but we did a whole episode mm. on Sagas for Kamigawa, and it was just again they've changed it up like the with the flipping them into a creature thing. But they, each time they bring them out, they have their own sort of flavor within themselves. And I'm just I'm just waiting for the time that when we go to the streets of New Capenna, we've got like newspaper reels or like you know like you know yeah, it's going to be newspaper yeah. articles as Sagas telling the like the story of the demon um, like gangs that are going to be like taking yeah, the streets yeah, of yeah. New Capenna and stuff. But yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely excellent. Yeah, excellent. for me, the sagas are just, you know, I like them because they just they got a pill drop. There's like you know different modes, different functions on all of them. You, they they can fit into like you say multiple different decks. Mm. Um, you know, I I I'll start putting some in commander decks as well. I will do just because I think they're valued. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I know compa- You know, when you're commander, this even if you're building, you know, but they'd be great for budget decks. Budget decks they'd be perfect for. You know, get like. 
a bit of get a land, get a bit of scry, mm-hmm. turn it into this creature that just spits out other creatures. Anything, I mean, anything with multiple modes. I suppose the only the the downside to sagas, although the the downside to their design. This, I mean, this is me not talking about lore at all. This is me like trying to my hand at card design talk. But it's the yeah. fact that obviously you can't outside of really niche cases, you can't really control what effect they have it goes it will be this one then it'll be this yeah. one then it'll be this one turn after turn and that's kind of like their downside in their design yeah. but i don't know anyone who gives a shit about that like they're just nah, they just value nah. all the way through but there's plenty of ways like this i think there's a couple of creatures uh that when they get to the you know there's ways you can just return them to your hand and do the law again or like there's yeah. i think there's a couple of creatures that stick law counters back on them and stuff like that yeah you know? yeah. yeah you can speed it up as well like you say yeah like you say um but there's one that just says return it to your hand it's like right i've done the first two i'll do them again thanks i'll just return it and play it again I'll yeah go and get that basic land again i'll scry again and it's just like yes come on you're finding you're finding ways to control sagas even though, even though they're things that just kind of I, run see, themselves that is, uh, <laughs> that's what i want to do i want to you know I, I want double value that's what i want you know um you know, so, so magic as a game has changed quite a bit. Like we just, we were just speaking about, like the fact that all these different sets coming up this year are all kind of very moderny. Like I don't want to, I, I don't necessarily like dwelling on things that we sort of think are like terrible for the game. Like or like, oh, I hate the fact that they're doing this for the game or whatever. But like, it's it's fair to say that magic has changed its face, introducing things like sci-fi and things into into the into yeah, the sphere. Yeah. What the, what's something that you wish they would do now that they're kind of opening up their fantasy? Or do you want to go back to something that's maybe just like Eldraine or Lorwyn? Like, where do you want to see this game going from a visual point of view? Because you have to play this game on things like Arena and like playing Commander. Like, you see the the marketing for it every day. Like, what's the visuals yeah. that you want to see in the game? Like, moving forwards, maybe to twenty three, twenty four. Um, I mean, progressing the game, I'd, I'd I'd like to see more options on like stuff like Arena. You know, mm. I would like to see more on there. Um, I wish they wouldn't make make it so hard, you know, to get the good looking cars, to get mm. all this. I wish they wouldn't make it so hard. They make such a big thing about the art and everything like that. But I understand it's a business and everything like that, but they make it quite hard to have a pretty deck or have this or have that on arena, you know, just talk about arena. Cause I do a lot of arena. Content. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's very hard to build the decks on arena. It's very hard to do that. The, the system is just, just not great basically. And that's, that's not half the game. Like the reason people like playing paper magic is because they're yeah. essentially playing the game pieces are little bits of artwork. Yeah. Like you want them to look good. So and I, I just wish they'd take more time in, the cards they produce, mm. you know, I, I read an article the other day, I, mean, I must admit, I didn't agree with it, saying that, you know, standard is dying. Standard is not dying. If standard dies, mm. parts of magic for me will die because mm. you need standards. You need the new sets. You need people to get hype. You need people to, you know, look at this set and go, yeah, I want to buy this because without standard happening, it just, it just doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Standard is, I mean, commander is, I don't know. I don't know. Is standard or commander the most played? I wouldldn't know because if you play, you know, if they if their figures are true on arena, you know, three three to was it three million plus play it. It's it's massive. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, so you need you need that to look good. You need it to you know that's that's what I just hope that they would have the program of that going forward, going mm. well, for, especially for I need it you know for content career i'd love to do commander content all day long but mm. you know it's not how i started and it's so hard to change people once you once you've been doing something for so long you know that you do get pigeonholed it's if you do 
different different stuff as you know i've always done it it's different but um i would like to go back to being a ravnica i would like to go back to more towards like having these guilds yeah differently do you know what i mean because i feel like they don't do it now because they feel people might magic has changed and evolved that people might start taking oh this is that team against this team it's this team against that team. Mm. where you know for me when i started magic i wanted to be part of the colors yeah i wanted to be azorius because or you know a blue mage and it moved into azorius because they did what they did in there and i do feel like sometimes although it's nice to have the cards do multiple things now for me i do like traditional as well i mean a lot of people probably won't agree with me, but well, I mean, there's definitely is... a contingent of people say who who played back in things like um like uh, Shards of Alara, for example, mm. where it's like all three colors, and then you know when we went to Tarkir, and it was obviously it was the wedges and the shards are slightly different, but people were referring to things as like Sultai as opposed to Bug. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah, there's always going to yeah. be like generations of people that will refer to things slightly differently and will always want their kind yeah. of way forwards, but. That's not to say that you're wrong in wanting that. It's just no. it is recognizable. Like people do do want to kind of connect with the way that they kind of grew up with the game or like entered the game and the flavor yeah. they sort of. Because you've got no with problem it. with the game evolving into doing stuff and stuff like that. But I did like the fact that you know, we sit at a table, the dim image would be there, I'll be here mm-hmm. with it. I know you still get that kind of because everyone played their favourite, but I felt like magic and the way it was advertised and the way it was was like you know, choose your guild. I mean, it was like, choose which path you want to go down. I liked, I liked that aspect of it. That was how, how did you feel then about, so obviously like you might not, the flavor, I I actually don't know the flavor of it might not have been your cup of tea, but in terms of that ethos, how did you feel about Strixhaven? (sighs) Strixhaven for me, I I didn't like the set. No, really? It wasn't, I wasn't a favorite of it. I don't know. I just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me. Strixhaven. Um, because they made a big, they made a big deal about like choosing your your school. Do you know what I mean? And then the, yeah. the color pairs and all that I just kind of thing. Felt it was too gimmicky. Oh, I just, okay. I thought you're trying to make something like Harry Potter. Yeah. And for me, I don't know. There's, I've got no problem with other stuff coming into Magic. I know mm-hmm. they like you know the different layers and uh, what is it, Street Fire and bringing other things in because they they're trying their best to sort of expand the game but they've got to do it in a way that it just doesn't exploit the game and and it feels like you you don't want to exploit your 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 clientele you know well, I suppose just the, those ips they're like they're they're coming in as you say in things like secret lair or in now they're moving into more special editions we do have things like D and lord of the rings will be sets that are maybe a bit more tied to the core of magic but I guess, yeah, I suppose is what you're saying, that you don't want to see sets that are so nakedly just trying to be something else yeah. with a magic veneer. Yeah. yeah. If I want to play Harry Potter, I'll go and play Harry Potter. You know, Strixhaven <laughs> was like that. And if you look at, you know, I do a, um, a video series of um, uh, cards like under a dollar for Commander mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I'm always looking for like cards that might have dropped in that. So when I'm, when I'm always looking through the cards, like the lowest price set is Strix. There's no value in it. People didn't like it. There's mm. just nothing in it. The way they went with those cards, whether it was just the t- you know what they put on the cards, but it just for me it just wasn't wasn't liked. You know, as a majority, it, it seems that way anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, but for you know that, I don't know. Sometimes I think like they're trying so hard to make the cards 
so different and weird that mm. it's losing what the magic is sometimes. Do you well, know well I mean? this is why I'm so interested in what's coming up this year because if you again the four sets, you know, Kamigawa, mm. Capenna, uh, Dominaria United, and then Brothers War, which is a Dominaria again. Yeah. Like the first two sets with Kamigawa. I mean, obviously Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is like OG Kamigawa, but obviously it's yeah. still it's it's very much its own revamp. Capenna is obviously so clearly like gangsters and like uh like mafia sort of style thing, or at least that's what it looks like from the early stuff. So those two sets are very high concept, like Strixhaven. Yeah. But then they're going right back with Dominaria United and and the Brothers War. They're doing a whole standard legal set set in a past, like narrative wise, yeah. like an event that's already documented. It's not like a progression of something. It's mm. like they're going, no, we're going to tell this little story in a standard set. So it's going to be the most magic thing ever, potentially. Like I'm really yeah. interested to see it. I mean, I, I'm I love gangster stuff and everything like that. So mm. that is a set that might appeal to me. I don't mind. I've got no problem with different stuff coming in, but I think when it's such a blatant rip off of something else, yeah, like the school of May, that was such a blatant <laughs> rip off. Do you know what I mean? Because people then were like, "Hold on a minute, I'm I'm a Hufflepuff, so I've now got to go to whatever colours they are. Was it? Is it or whatever they are? Yeah, sure. It, it swaps. You know, oh, I'm Slytherin, so I'm going to play Golgari. You know what I mean? It's just. To me, that was that. No, that's you know, like you say, make your own take on something. Mm. Don't rip something completely off because everyone sure. saw it and was like, "That's Harry Potter." <laughs> you know what I mean, that's all they thought. That's all I thought straight away. Yeah. I was like, and then I lost interest a little bit, even though it had oh, some really cool stuff in there. Yeah. I did buy um, the only strict saving I did buy was a lot of the Japanese cards and stuff. I bought a lot oh, of from Japanese. the mystical archives. Yeah, yeah, that was great because you could pull some. I I did like the mysticals. For me, that was the best thing about it. Do you know what I mean? That was, uh, from an art point of view, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, too many arts, too many this, too many that. But, you know, I got some very cool counter spells. I got some lovely older cards, Blue Sun Zeniths. I got this and that from it. And then, and that was the only thing from that set that really, and that's why I bought a lot of it, mm. because of that. So maybe they got it right, maybe they didn't. But as an actual set, mm. and the my thinking behind it, I, I wasn't a fan there. As a rule, <laughs> I mean that's fair. I mean, like people yeah. like what they like and like what they don't like. Like I must like. I think looking back on it, I think from like recent sets in recent years, I'm like I'm not a big Zendikar fan personally, which is like something that Magic players and Vorthos is also especially like yeah, women yeah. to love Zendikar. It's the most Magic set possible, <laughs> and I'm just like, eh. and I think we were reviewing Zendikar Rising at the time, like and doing all of our usual sort of lore episodes and storyline episodes, and it was it's the Zendikar set that I've liked the most out of all the yeah. Zendikar sets we've been there, but it's just yeah. Zendikar just isn't for me, like as a set. But that's yeah. the beauty of the game. It's a, it's the literal multiverse with a ever-expanding card pool of like 300, 400 cards every three months in a different setting. And as much as I'd love for them to stick around on a plane maybe for more than one set, the fact that yeah. they do been through like settings at a rate of one to two sets a year means that you're always going to have something that you like. There's going to be things that you don't like, but also... And like you know, there's yeah, so many I mean, ways to do the game. You can, you, skip know? A, you can skip stuff these times because there's so much. Mm. There's so much coming out that one part of what they bring out is going to appeal to you. Like mm. Dominaria will appeal to me mm. because it had sagas in already. I like the sagas that were in Dominaria, and now obviously we're in the saga, you know, theme again with yeah. Neon Dynasty. You can see that we're going to get more. And you know, if we'd had I don't know cards like Phyrexian scriptures and stuff like that turned into creatures, it could have been really good. Do you know what I mean? That, all that <laughs> stuff could have turned into some really 
you know, amazing creatures from the laws and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to having that and then just basically having more, you know, kind of law decks like that. You know, you probably will be able to uh, make... I used to make... Do you know, actually thinking about it, I've completely forgot about this. There's a channel where they did um, law and everything like that. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, big American channel, they were. And I used to do... They asked me to do deck techs, and I used to do law deck techs. Oh, that's, that's cool. Going, that's going back about three years ago. I think it was probably about three years ago. Not Magic Arcanum? Nah. Um, his name's Simon. Simon... Oh, are you talking about um, uh, Etherhub? Cybum? Yeah, Cybum. Yeah. So I used to do some deck techs for him, um, but his viewers just wouldn't take the change of... Um, even though they were law decks, mm. so and I tell you, what, it was quite hard building. So I'd choose like a a plane or something like that, and just build a deck based around what happened in the story and everything like that. And um, yeah, maybe something got to start up again. You know, just now it's. But actually, yeah, might give me another idea. So you know, it's going to be. I'll tell you what, it's going to be easier nowadays to do it because the yeah. the way that they've integrated the 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 kind of function and flavor of cards these days, it's almost. It, it, like every deck is a flavor deck. Like yeah. you could so easily, and the amount of lands that you have, the amount of variety of things. Like I mean, even three or four years ago, I think someone was at my LGS a guy about two, three years ago was like, I want to build a weatherlight. It was when Dominaria first came out. Mm. It was like, I want to build like a weatherlight crew deck. How can I go about this? And it's like, well, you have these options and blah blah blah. And then we started going, oh fuck, they've even got like the lands from Dominaria all have like the weatherlight ship on the yeah. lands now because they've like integrated it in. Whereas if you try to do that, like in EDH especially, if you try to do yeah. that, like five years ago you'd be yeah. struggling and like kind of going oh well this yeah. sakura tribe elder can sub in for this character do you know what i mean whereas now thinking it's about what it is so much. It probably was about five years ago to be fair as well mm. to be honest because actually you know i lose all track of time uh, i was thinking it was before i even moved over this way so it's oh it's, it's quite a long time ago well that's wild but, i mean i was looking on your uh your youtube channel i was i was uh, looking through the different playlists that you have because I was like, yeah. I, I'm very familiar with a lot of the stuff that you've done recently, but I was yeah. like, you've been going for a while. And yeah. there's some, you did, uh, there's like three videos of a playlist of like you and someone else doing heads up commander games and like the camera is just like across the two like. Uh, I started doing all that stuff. That was what, you know, that's some of my, still one of my, my pop, most popular videos. Yeah. So going back there, you know, they had like 30, 40,000 views. Yeah. I, used to, I started off doing like the paper commander and paper paper magic games um when star city games started doing it that's when i started doing it and that's how i started my my youtube channel my friends oh sorry if you can hear that it seems like an ice cream ice cream man <laughs> oh mate i that's so funny that you've just said that that's my absolute bugbear on this channel like there is there's episodes from about like last summer last year of me screaming yeah. out my window at like the four <laughs> vans that pull past me every day <laughs> Oh, funny. Yeah, so yeah, I started doing them. That's how I first started doing it. So the friends that got me into magic they used to come around my house and we used to film it over the top. Yeah. That's so wild. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that nice. was that was good times they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think that's just about our hour, man. Like, thank you so cool. much for coming on and talking to me. Like it's again, this is like the most this is such a different style of conversation that I've had with like so many other people, and it's just amazing that we can have these kind of chats and it's the same game. Like that's what is always just so yeah, like, amazing yeah. to me. Like I've talked more about gameplay and like car design in this episode than I think I have done in the past 
hundred and like one hundred and two <laughs> episodes of this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for that. <laughs> no like worries, it's such man. a it's so cool. To, and it's also weird that I can talk about it. I again, I think I forget yeah. that I do actually play this game as well. Like as well yeah. as talking about the artwork and stuff. <laughs> I tried my best with a bit of lore, everyone. So don't yeah, don't hate me too much. I tried my best. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, I, well, again, it's like I've I've said this to so many people. Like you play this, you can't play this game without want uh, attaching to something if all you wanted to yeah. do was numbers you'd be doing something completely different yeah. like everyone yeah. has a lore story to tell which is exactly yeah. why i want to talk to different people like it's yeah and that's the thing and sometimes you don't even know you have a lore story but you say it yeah and it's there do you know what yeah. i mean like there is a like a, a way you play and it's because you've you've read into a different you know the path of that lore, and it is that's how i started and still do the same <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading whatever urza cards they dig out for Dominaria United or Brothers War because I just know if it's anywhere near blue you're just gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be slamming that down to, on the table. You know, I took Memnark apart and Memnark might have to come back out again. Oh me. god, no. <laughs> because of spell table and I literally just like your most hated thing, I literally just stole the board, turned everything, yeah. you know, what was it uh, liquid elemental or something like turned everything into artifacts and just like, yeah I'll have that one, I'll have that one. But it's not viable over spell table. So you're, no, you're thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, like total. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, obviously, we've spoken a lot about your content. What are the big sort of channels and things that you uh, people can find you on? What are your What's your latest kind of grind of content that you're doing? Um, so yeah, uh, YouTube is something we're just about, we're literally about fifteen subs away from going to thirteen thousand. So we're we're just going over on YouTube. So I'm gonna have a. Um, that's my main goal to get to 20,000 at the end of the year. That's my magic goal if I can. Yeah. Um, I stream on Twitch as well. Um, find me on TikTok, uh, not TikTok. I don't do TikTok. Um, I do Instagram. That's the one. That's the one. Instagram and Twitter as well. So you can find Total MTG everywhere. But yeah, um, YouTube is, is my main passion, but I do stream, um, arena and commander on twitch as well so, yeah for sure yeah i've guessed on that stream many a times, times. So, but i've got to get you back on again because I've, I've literally started up again i gave it like a four month gap and i've just started up again so i've done a couple of episodes and um yeah i'm getting back in the swing of it again now yeah same yeah i've had a little bit of a break from uh from streaming mm. commander games just because you know life ebbs and flows doesn't it and with like yeah, uk just, opening back up after covid yeah you left your job at the natural history museum you went you... yeah so we because we we bought a house me and the wife and we've moved um quite far away from the museum so i couldn't stay there and um, yeah, at the moment I'm full time content creating. So wild, I know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. I, I want to go back to work. It's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did like five, six videos a week and try and you know two, three streams a week as well. So just trying to grind it out. And you know, I've been doing it a long time. It's always been more of a, a hobby and something I just enjoyed doing. But you know, now it's. Well, I've been trying to make it for ages, but <laughs> it's um, I'm putting more time into it while I've got the time. And you're getting there, um, man. Like I've I've yeah. definitely noticed an uptick in thing in like a you'll sort of work with like Watsi and uh, like different the different companies that they have working with like Wizards EU and stuff like that. You're yeah. you're definitely like on the radar there for sure. Yeah, it's going it's going well this year. Yeah, last year I've you know I've done some videos with them as well and um, done a few live streams. Um, bring it, I was a mentor for um, this really big uh, chess player. Um, she's like a massive that was scary she's like streaming like thirteen thousand people watching i was like oh my you know i'm wow. used to maybe a hundred at most yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah when you got that many you're like oh please don't please i'm supposed to be good at this game don't let her make a mistake <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> um, but yeah the, yeah i've had some good opportunities through them and uh, yeah they've been very kind to me so but it's only because like the support in the video it's just grown that way from them and you know helped out and uh, yeah 
Well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. Well, if you uh, if you want to check out our stuff, I mean, you're listening to this podcast. I don't know why you why you need me to tell you like where we are. Uh, you can find us uh, at MT Flavoring. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Andy Manface. Nathan's personal Twitter is at the Fox in the Moon. I'll plug it for him because I just love that Twitter handle name. Yeah. Uh, emails go to at MT Flavoring. And yeah, well, total again. Thank you so much for coming right, on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. Can't wait till we uh, sling spells again. And uh, now that I know more of the backstory of why you do the things you do, I don't know maybe I'll show more more leniency. Maybe I'll be a bit more merciless. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe more anti dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he plays Azorius. Excellent. I know exactly how to get around this. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. All that remains for me to say is uh, this has been Magic the Flavoring.